This is Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. Professor Tawana Cooper is the Vice-Chancellor of the University of Pretoria, where he has placed the university at the cutting edge of change, innovation, and invention. He recently participated in a discussion with fellow academics and Nobel Prize winners to discuss the future of work following the disruption of lifestyles by the pandemic. Professor, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Sharice, and good afternoon to you and your listeners. Professor, I think the last time we spoke was about how the university was challenging, uh, was coping with the challenges of the pandemic. And we're talking about hybrid models of online and distant learning and coming into the university. One year later and back to lockdown four, where are the, where is the university? So I think we, last year we managed to finance our model of uh, online teaching under COVID uh, pandemic situations, if you like going up and down levels. So this year when we opened, we had to get back online because we were approaching, I think, the second wave. Now we are in the third wave. I think that model is well established. Almost all of our students have laptops and we supply data to them. We are about to enter the examination period now under, you know, adjusted level four conditions. I think when we wrote exams last year, it wasn't that severe. We did, though, before this third wave hit upon us, have some contact classes, especially for labs, for medical students, for veterinary science students, for drama, music, the performance arts. You can't exactly do all of that online, but it was under very controlled health conditions. So I think if you like, we have learned to survive and try and thrive under pandemic conditions. And it doesn't seem like the pandemic conditions are actually going to change for quite some time. And I think we've come to realize that the the new normal is now going to probably be the old normal as well. But the world has changed, Professor. And in the the 15 months since we've had the pandemic, how has the world of work changed? No, absolutely. I mean, in my previous answer, I only spoke to you, uh, uh, to your question about the teaching and learning, if you like, which is core to the university. There is research as well, which we're trying to do. But of course, there's academic staff, professional and administrative and service staff who are working remotely as well. <laughs> so the whole operation, if you like, is disrupted and displaced and dispersed into people's houses or other locations. I know some of my staff might even be working from Cape Town or even abroad for family reasons. So that has changed. Clearly, people working in offices, in contact, talking to each other, and in offices, whether open plan or single offices, that has changed. So you're also talking about, you know, empty, empty real estate, empty buildings and all of that. So that has changed. The question then for the future of work is, when the pandemic subsides, because I think you're quite right earlier on to say perhaps this will never end. So I always say to people, when you talk post-COVID, must be you, you should be talking about when the pandemic is substantial or the virus infections are substantially under control because of vaccinations and us learning how to, you know, sanitize, wear masks when it's appropriate, when infections go up. I think that, that's, that's going to take a little while. So then the question is, do we return, uh, even when it's substantially under control, no more spikes of infections, no more large waves, and so no more variants, if you like, that cannot be controlled. Would we return back to where, where we used to be? I think not, because I think that it's not the pandemic or the virus only we should be looking at. Some other things were happening before then. The disruptions of new digital technologies were underway anyway. 
they were we 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 had control over them to some extent because there wasn't the pandemic <laughs> and there wasn't the virus forcing us to work remotely to teach more online or to practice hybrid. So I think now we have to find a, a, a new unusual for me and, and build it up into the new normal, if you like. So so that's how I think of. that's why the topic of the future of work was important for the first Nobel dialogues ever to be held on the African continent. So we had five Nobel Prize winners from physics to economics to 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 to, to work on labor and to work in, in, in physics as well. The idea was to try and begin to think about what our future will really look like. I think the future will look more hybrid than what was in the past and not exactly 100% online. There are more things we will do online, definitely, whether it's work, research, or teaching and learning, and even leisure and pleasure. In that domain, in leisure and pleasure, there was much more online, as you know, even before the pandemic. So technological disruption is is going to actually redefine the work of the, the nature of work. And second, Many economies in the world, including ours in South Africa, were not what they should have been. Remember, coincidentally, a day or two before the, the, the first lockdown, the credit, the last of the credit ratings downgraded our economy to junk status, which was a statement to say the economy we've run for so many years or decades or even a century is no longer the economy of the future. You need to be designing a new economy. And here is it. You, you are facing technological disruption and now you are facing a disease pandemic. And remember, there are other pandemics that are happening. Climate change, you know, changing the way we do agriculture, the way we live. I mean, look at what's happening in Canada and the United States right now. That's yet another pandemic. And in South Africa, we have other pandemics. Gender-based violence, a pandemic of unemployment, you know. Uh, so, so, so all of these pandemics require us to reimagine South Africa. And to reimagine a new, a new and different world. And you can't do that without thinking about what role work will play and what kinds of, what new forms of work are going to be dominant if you are going to have a, you know, a democratic, a violence free society, one that is social justice, equality and equity and is sustainable. Uh, not only economically, but in terms of how we as human beings relate to the planet and to nature. I mean, what you're talking about is also a new opportunity for us in the economic realm and in the technological realm. And, and the pandemic maybe has has um, hastened this all up. What yeah. struck me about the talk that you participated in is it included, um, you, you mentioned Nobel Prize winners, but uh, the, the topics were as different as physics. Physics and outreach and um, media studies and education. <laughs> And to what extent are, you know, we've always thought of the world in terms of humanities and versus maybe science versus, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. to what extent is there more cooperation between the different fields to, to make a, a more meaningful impact? Yeah, no, no, I think very good question, Sharice, because you are talking about the fact that in the past what we did, and that's one of the things that's been disrupted, we worked very much in silos, even in academia. Like you rightly say, humanities or arts, People, as it was called in the old days, the, you know, meaning history, geography, philosophy, you know, politics and all of that worked very much in their domains and, and they did not, in a sense, interact and talk to scientists. Now we talk about interdisciplinarity and transdisciplinarity. And that's where the investor of Pretoria is investing quite a lot of energies in that the transdisciplinary is better able to deal with the 
local and global challenges that we face now. So climate change, for example, is not a science issue only. It's not about the science of, you know, global warming and temperatures rising. It's also about how human beings use resources and, 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 and relate to nature, which results actually in, a, in changes in climate and, 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 and global warming and all of those things. So if you're going to understand this problem and find sustainable solutions, People from this, the, the sciences have to work with people from the humanities. And also technology is a key factor. They saw engineers have to come into the space. Economists have to come into the space. People from the arts have to come into the space as well. So we're running, for example, a, a program in art and biodiversity because biodiversity is a marker of, you know, the extent to which human beings have damaged, <laughs> have damaged nature. When you lose biodiversity, you lose a lot of things. In fact, you, you can spawn diseases and also there's an imbalance in nature and all of those things. So our artists now at the Javed UP Art Center are now working with our Institute for Forestry, Agriculture and Biotechnology to make sense of the world and to find solutions. So transdisciplinarity is the way forward, but it's more than just people in the, in the academy breaking silos and working together. It's about working with people in society. For a long time, and that's one of the things that's been pleasantly disrupted in my view, that we in the academic world went in our own worlds, you know, and we admitted you for a degree, and then we sent you out to go to work. <laughs> you know, it doesn't work like that. The, the, the world now requires academic institutions that have an impact because they work closely with societal stakeholders, whether it's government, business, communities, civil society, and so on. And that in society, there is knowledge. It might not be formalized in the way a university is, but actually to ignore that knowledge is to lessen your impact as a university. So while we have the technical expertise, if you like, or the scientific, and we have a particular jargon in which we speak about it, we're now teaching ourselves how to be able to speak to, <laughs> some people like to say real people, often say hey, academics and students are real people too, <laughs> but people outside academic discourses, language, and ways of doing things and ways of talking about the world. I mean, I find that absolutely fascinating, Professor, because, you know, we, we send, you know, our kids or we go to university to get a degree, to get a job, to get a profession. We go and we become mm-hmm. lawyers or doctors or teachers, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. And I'm wondering with what you're saying, are, are there new jobs that we haven't yet thought about that are going to come into play that we need different kinds of skills for and different kinds of training? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's uh, at the heart of the future of work is that some jobs we know are no longer going to be, they, they will simply disappear, if you like, because machines or technology can do it better. So robots, for example, and robotics, automation, the use of artificial intelligence and so on. However, I think it's a, as you said earlier, it's a great opportunity for human beings because technology, the last time I checked, is created by human beings. It is what I call, the, there's a social shaping end or there's human, human agency over technology. So we have to rethink what jobs can we really choose a, a terrible way, a way some people hate, outsource to machines, and what jobs are fit for human beings. And I think they are the higher order uh, uh, jobs. Which, uh, I mean, so use of understanding emotional intelligence, understanding diversity, sensitivity, and context. You can't outsource that to a robot. But you can outsource menial, low-level jobs, that require data breaking to to machines of different kinds that are controlled from a computer, for example. So, so, so that means we have to change our curriculum, change the, the way in which we, we teach and what we teach. So human beings, in a sense, 
uh, steering control. And I'm not just speaking theory. At our, our library in 2019 already, we, ha- we created um, uh, we have a robot, Libby, but we programmed Libby to do certain things in our library, things that were done by human beings, but that could be outsourced to a machine. So the standard things that Libby did was to answer questions about where particular material for staff and students in different fields are uses artificial intelligence. So the more Libby was fed more information, the more complex questions she could answer. But nobody was fired because Libby is now in the space. But people now work with Libby in order to save the academic community, that is staff and students. So so basically we're going to see much more of that. The other last last month, because today is one July, I think. We introduced a, 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 a telehealth robot at, at our faculty of health sciences, which is able to go to a, a patient's bedside and uh, doctors can then link up with other doctors in Germany, in the US, in the UK, and actually discuss a patient. And so we have another robot employee now working together with, my, with our doctors at our faculty of health sciences, and our students are being trained in that particular kind of environment. We also have... A, Yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Karen. We, you also we have also a, a, a built a large complex called Engineering 4.0. At Engineering 4.0, we're doing a lot of fantastic things. If you go on the N4, you might find that you are soon driving on a highway, a piece of the highway owned by the University of Pretoria. But underneath that highway, there are sensors of all kinds. You might see our students standing by the fence and wonder what are they doing there. They're actually observing traffic but the sensors are taking material into a small data house. And that, 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 that those sensors take everything, the pressure of your car on the road, the make of your car. We don't take your number plate. We don't take your face. <laughs> we, we play that because we, we uh, because of privacy issues. But we can tell what, what impact your car has on the environment around it and what temperature is around it. We can tell you how many cars passed at a particular time. Now we're better able to understand, you know, transport mobility, human impact, and how better to build roads, and also what kind of cars perhaps we should build for our climate and our roads, our road surfaces. So, so all of those jobs are emerging. So now we have data analysts. We also have an institute for data science and big data because data is going to be very, very important going forward. We believe all students must be taught data literacy and technology literacy because it is in having the data and the evidence that you can now make evidence-based decision-making and policies. So so new jobs of different kinds are, are emerging precisely of this and also the, the 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 complementarity between human beings and technology, I think, is something that's going to be exciting for the future of work. I must say, Professor Cooper, whatever you've described sounds like a very exciting future, and um, the, the opportunities are endless, and the impact we can have on, on, on our, our environment just seems so positive. So, on a very high note, I'm, I'm very enthused and exciting, excited about the future. Thank you very much for joining me. If there's any, um, if anybody would like to contact the University of Pretoria, what should they do? Well, they should uh, call uh, Rikas Delport. His email address or email Rikas Delport. Rikas.delport at up.ac.za. He is uh, the Director of Institutional Advancement in our communication school. All very exciting. Professor Cooper, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for your time and thank you to your listeners. That was Professor Tawana Cooper from the, uh, the Vice Chancellor of the University of Pretoria and we were talking about the change in the nature of work.